Welcome back to Tess Talks. My name is Tessa and I'm your host. Today I am chatting with my friend Jen. We have known each other for about three and a half years. Jen is a native of Arizona. She and her husband have been married for 30 years. They have six beautiful daughters, two son-in-laws, and a cute little grandson. Jen loves going to the beach, going for walks, and especially camping. She loves volunteering at her local food bank, and she has been involved in the youth group at her local congregation. Mostly, Jen loves doing things with her family. And today, we're going to be chatting about her cancer journey and finding hope during hard times. So get cozy, grab some tissue, because you might need it, and let's get started. So Jen, thanks so much for sitting down with me today and talking about your story. Um, I was hoping that you could just start out with um, like what happened at the beginning and you know, what, what you went through at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. So, um, okay. So a year, it's been like exactly a year right now. And I woke up feeling great, just fine, getting ready to go to a bridal shower. And, um, I don't know why I was excited to go to this bridal shower, but I was, and, um, just getting ready and, noticed that I wasn't able to figure out my phone, how to work my phone. And I know that sounds funny, but I was, I thought something was wrong with my phone and I, I kept showing it to my kids. I'm like, why, what's wrong with this? Why isn't it working? And they're like, mom, it's fine. It's the same as it always is. You just push that button right there, you know? And I could not figure it out. I could not figure out why my phone wouldn't work right. And, um, you know, kind of just kind of kept going along, getting ready for the day. And, strange things kept happening like I was forgetting um I tried to make a bowl of cereal just pour a bowl of cereal and I couldn't figure out how to do that like something was wrong with the bowl or something was wrong with the you know and 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 it sounds funny but it wasn't making sense into my head and so I was trying to figure out what the heck is why can't I figure this out and I mean it never dawned on me that something was happening to me and um and and you know, a couple of my younger kids were with me, you know, and just kind of watching me like, you know, you're weird. What's wrong with you? Yeah, mom? yeah. And, you know, but I'm, I'm moving just fine. I'm walking around just fine and everything. And um, um, I started not being able to finish a sentence. And um, so I was like, you need to go get Alyssa, who was, you know, my 17 year old at the time. And um, they went and got Alyssa and she came in and she was just like, Hey mom, what's going on? And I couldn't even like talk to her really. Like I was, and I was so upset because I was, I was like, she was like, I'm going to call dad. I'm going to get you some help. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got to go to this bridal shower. (laughs) She was like, uh, you can't drive. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to go to the store and pick up a present real quick. I'll go to the bridal shower. It'll be fine. You know? And she's just like, Something in me knew something was wrong, but yet I was still trying to go along with my day. I didn't want to accept it, I guess. I don't know. But, um, you know, and of course, Alyssa was like, okay, we're, we're going to get you help. And I was like, no, do not call your dad. So, <laughs> I, and I should back up a little bit because Rob was out of town. So he mm-hmm. was he was on a trip with his dad, and which he's never out of town. Like, he's here all the time. Yeah. And 
And so it was very odd that he was even gone. But, you know, so she was like, I'm going to get a hold of dad. And I'm like, no, give me your phone. We're not going to worry anybody else about what's going on here. Like, I'm fine. And she actually had to go into her room and hide in her closet so that I wouldn't <laughs> steal her phone from her. And, <laughs> That's so funny. And I'm sure that, that was pretty traumatic for her, you know. She's pretty <laughs> obedient, you know, as far as give me this, she'll give it to me or whatever. But um, she, she, you know, was texting with my husband. And, and then she, I have two married daughters, and she um, texted both of them. <clears throat> and um, they were like, we're on our way. We're on our way over. We'll figure out what's going on. Um, uh, my daughter, Laura, she has a friend who's, he's in school becoming a neurosurgeon. And so he's already a doctor. He's, you know, he's doing his residency, uh, to be a neurosurgeon. And she called him and she was just like, Hey, you know, these are kind of the weird symptoms my mom's having. And he was like, yeah, you need to get her to the hospital. She's anytime there's an, a fast change like that. It's that's not normal. And she needs to be checked out. And so Laura was worried all the way over, like, how am I going to talk my mom into going to the hospital? I, I guess I'm stubborn. <laughs> and I was still going to the bridal shower. And um, Laura gets there, and she's just like, hey, mom, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to take you to the hospital. And I was worse than she had even thought. And I, and I was progressively getting worse as far as not being able to put on my shoes and not being able just to do the little teeny things that you just do. That's so crazy. It, it's so weird. And, um, and... And I was like, no, I'm not going to the hospital. And she's like, you know, I talked to a doctor and he thinks that you probably need to be seen. And for some reason, okay. That made sense. <laughs> it made sense. <laughs> so I get in her car and all the way to the hospital, she's asking me questions. And I am, at this point, I'm crying because I can't answer anything. Like I could say the first three words of what I was thinking, but I could not complete a sentence. Even though I could tell you everything that was going on around us. I knew where we were going. I knew everything and it was very frustrating like mm -hmm. very very frustrating I, I kind of have a uh, um, a little bit of compassion for those who develop dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that because it is very frustrating knowing what you want to say and not being able to say it but anyway we get to the hospital she's checking me in and they keep asking me all these questions and I was so mad at them why are you Laura's answering the questions why are you asking me and she's like ma'am I need you to answer these questions you know and and she's like are you right-handed or left-handed and I'm like I'm left and Laura's like no she is very right-handed you know like nothing I said was correct nothing was correct it was all backwards everything was mm. backwards and um as so as they're checking me in I start spinning in circles and um, Laura's like, Mom, what are you doing? And she's like, I just looked up and I was just spinning in circles. And then I just threw myself into the glass, the check-in, <gasps> you know, there's glass. I threw myself into the glass and then fell onto the ground and started having a, a seizure. And, you know, of course, if you want to get, not wait in the emergency room, <laughs> throw yourself in the glass and have a seizure on the floor, they get you back immediately. Oh my gosh, did you, did it break? Did you get cut? It did not break. Okay, I did not good. get cut. I, I couldn't tell you if I had bruises or anything like that because there was a lot to come yeah you know from that but you know they immediately put me under stroke watch you know is what they called stroke and so a huge team of people came out got me on a bed and immediately rushed me back and you know did ct scan um immediately where they found something on my brain they didn't know what it was but the doctor that was looking at it was just like there's, you know, she's, she's had a hemorrhagic stroke. I had bleeding on the brain. And so they transferred me over to a trauma hospital that deals more, 
with that. And I was in and out of consciousness, you know, um, mostly out, mostly um, unconscious. I don't, I, I was asleep or unconscious for the entire CAT scan, um, for any tests they were doing, any IVs they were putting in, the ambulance ride. Um, I remember waking up at one point and um, my parents and all my siblings were there in the hospital with me and Laura. And, oh. and that was nice. Oh, hey guys, <laughs> you know, going right back out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and my brother told me later, he's like, yeah, you, you held my hand and I asked you how you were doing. And you said, I'm good, but I don't know who this man is next to me holding my hand. It was my dad, you Aww. know? And so I was very, very not lucid. I was very out of it still. And anyway, they transferred me over to the hospital and um, did an MRI. And that's where they found that I had a tumor on my brain. And, um, and they needed to do an operation because it was bleeding and it was bigger when it gets to a certain size, they have to remove it. Mm -hmm. So mine had gotten to that size and needed to be removed. Um, and Rob showed up to the hospital. Um, it, I can't, I, it actually makes me cry thinking, and I'm sorry, cause I'll probably cry. It's this okay. is the part that makes me cry <laughs> is thinking about his feelings and my kids feelings. Mm -hmm. But he, you know, he's in Texas trying to get home. And so frustrated, you know, <laughs> has a stupid layover. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and nothing is worse. He's calling. He's the one that called my mom and was like, I need you to get to the hospital. Um, I just can't imagine the feelings he was having. Yeah. That anxious to get to your wife, you know, yeah. and um, he's very protective of me anyway. Um, and so it makes me cry. <laughs> thinking about what he was going through and what my kids were going through. Laura having to catch me as I'm going into the seizure and seeing me in ways that ah, I wish she didn't have to see me like that. Yeah. Um, but her being strong enough and the one able to handle seeing mm -hmm. me like that. And um, I, I think your kids did a great job. Oh, God. Um, you know, and some of the story of what you've already said, I didn't know some of the uh, particulars, <laughs> but, um, I do know that your girls are very strong and, um, they were so good at keeping themselves together during this whole time. And the, the, not, not to make light of anything seriously, but I was at the bridal shower yeah, and I was like, where is Jen? Why is she not here? I was like, I cannot believe she's not here. I was so upset. I, yeah. It wasn't even something, you know, like yeah. I was just there attending and I was like, where's Jen? Why is she not here yet? And then to come home and I saw Alyssa outside and I was like, Alyssa, where is your mother? <laughs> you know? And she was like, she's in the hospital. And I... I just broke down because I was like, oh my gosh, here I was being so upset, you know, but, um, but she handled it like a trooper. Like she was able to talk to me and tell me some things that were going on and, um, and just, you know, she seemed like she was doing really good. Yeah. Alyssa was like on the front lines. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. the one that put everything in place to where I could get the help that I needed and, you know, she, she was very mature in how she handled everything and, yeah. and still to this day is still, you know, great. And my oldest daughter, um, 
Katie, you know, so what do you worry about as a mom? You worry about your kids, yep. right? And are they being taken care of? Do they have what they need? And Katie, my oldest, and her husband, um, you know, they were at the house and they just, they all just were there. And which made me feel good knowing that all my kids, everybody, you know, was just in one place, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that just took off just that little bit of nervousness that, you know, I just wasn't nervous. I didn't have to worry about that. I knew that they were being taken care of. And it yeah. was like each of the kids played a special role in all of this. And it, it was, it's kind of funny to see their strengths. And, um, you know, I just so appreciative of each one of them, because like you said, each one of them is super strong. Yeah. You know, and I know Alyssa did a great job keeping you informed, I think, of what <laughs> was did, yeah. going on. Yep. And, um, you know, Katie and Laura had to keep the family up to date on what yep. was going on. And Rob's pretty, he was really good at, you know, keeping everybody you know, but when he got to the hospital, you know, and he was just like, I'm here, you know. And did he get there on Saturday? Or yeah, on he that got day there. That you... He got there the same day. Okay. Yep. Okay. He got there the same day. I was at a different hospital when he arrived. Okay. And um, he came flying in. I mean, he hadn't, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't go home first. He didn't, you know, he just came straight from the airport right to the hospital. And so, um, so he was there, um, you know got to talk to all the doctors, got to talk to the neurosurgeon and all that um, because they did, you know, they had to do an emergency craniotomy, um, but they didn't do that till the next day. And okay. so, so which he was, was there. So that was, he good. was there for all of it. And um, yeah. So <laughs> that, I mean, what a, what a blessing though, that he was able to get there that same day before you had your surgery Yeah. so that, you know, he could, because you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like a downer, but you never know what's going to happen with that. No. And so being able to have all your family there and, you know, just, and realize that they're there and talk to them even for a little bit is such a blessing. Such a blessing. And those, so it was like, I want to say it was two or three days, you know, right there that all this was happening and, um, you know, everything kind of blended together for me. But it was during the COVID time or Mm -hmm. the hospitals were still under, which they still are. They're under very strict, you know, you can't have visitors and you can't have, you know, whatever. But, you know, we didn't know about this tumor in my brain. We didn't know what it was, you know, at this point. And, um, And so they made arrangements. Rob was able to make arrangements with the hospital, which was hard to have all my kids be able to come see me before I went into surgery. Yeah. Because you don't know. Yeah. That's so sad. Sorry. No. They didn't know if I was going to make it. And, um, and they couldn't, so they let the kids come in to see me. And I don't know if it was good or bad. The kids weren't there very long before they came and got me for the surgery. Um, it was earlier than planned. <laughs> the surgery, they 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 come and got me, so I didn't actually get to visit with my kids very long. But that may have been okay, too, yeah. um, because I really wasn't with it, and who knows what I would have said to them or how I would have. I don't know if I would have put their minds at ease that everything was going to be okay. And so, um, you know, I just remember looking at my youngest, Sarah, as they were wheeling me away, and she was just crying. And of course, that sent everybody into tears, 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure I was hooked up to all kinds of monitors and everything. And, you know, the people that come to get you, they're dressed in their scrubs. And it's scary. It's, yeah, it's nerve-wracking for a little, a young, a young woman who doesn't, I mean, especially with them not knowing everything that was going on or why. Even the doctors, you know, still trying to figure yeah. it all out. Yeah. So... Yeah, and it was a big deal, you know. It's a craniotomy; it's a big deal, you know. I mean, it who is. knew? <laughs> but um, uh, you know, they came and got me. But and then I found out later that, and I have pictures that my whole family um, was there at the hospital. They wouldn't even let them inside the hospital, and they all sat outside on the tables and waited for my surgery. And um, after the surgery, they said that she knows what a cancerous tumor looks like and that even though we had to wait for the pathology to come back to show that it was cancerous, she was 99% sure that, you know, that it, it was, was cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. I <laughs> don't mean to be crying. Um, um, they went down and, you know, after the surgery... They had to, Laura and Rob went down and had to tell the family that it was cancerous. And I think that they were kind of prepared for that a little bit, um, you know, because they, they had their suspicions that it would probably be cancerous. And so, but the doctor, she's an amazing neurosurgeon. Um, and this is something really stupid, but every female will understand. But, you know, a lot of these doctors go in and they just shave your head in all kinds of really funny ways to do surgery. She was a female. She had long, beautiful hair. And she made this perfect slice in my head that really just was right along the part line. And you couldn't even tell. Like, I still had all my hair and everything. And... um she was, I know it's stupid, but I was so thankful because I came out and I didn't really look different. You know, my hair covered everything. It is not stupid. I, <laughs> in fact, I remember, I can't remember who it was I talked to, but they, one of the girls had said, yeah, she didn't even have to have her head shaved. Mm -hmm. And that really actually like surprised me. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, I even thought, oh, they're going to shave your entire yeah. head. Like, they're going to just, you know, you'll come out with no hair. And um, so I thought that was, <laughs> like, you were super blessed to have that lady who knew just exactly how to do yes. it without having to shave your head. Because it didn't look like you had even had surgery. Right, right. Yeah. You she, looked normal. <laughs> she was amazing. And she's like, look, I have... I like my hair because I assume you like your hair too. So she was just very careful. And one of the nurses had even mentioned that um, a lot of the patients come back, which is crazy shaves. Like they're like, what? You didn't even. <laughs> right. Now I have to go get my, ha my head yes. shaved properly. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, anyway, just one of those little things that it, it actually just meant a lot to me <laughs> to yeah. still have all my hair and, and not have to stare at the surgery site to constantly remind me that, hey, yep. you had surgery. But. Anyway, she she was pretty sure that she got it all. You know, she was like, "Is it's a different color as melanoma, as melanoma cell that you know went to my brain and um, and it it was a darker color." So she she felt like she was able to get the whole tumor out of there, which was great. Um, and and like I said, she was she was a source of peace for me. Just you know, she was just really 
a good person and mm-hmm. really put my mind at ease that we're going to make it through this. So um, I do have titanium in my head now. I've got a metal plate. I feel like I should have superpowers because I've been through radiation and my treatments and all this fun stuff, but I can't do anything cool still. I keep trying, but... What happens when you go to the airport? I know. Okay. So we went on a cruise and it was my first time having to go through security and I was waiting to beep and I didn't. So. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're not very good. (laughs) But I didn't beep. But I just looked at Rob and I was like, well, we'll see if if the bells start going off. But they didn't. So. Well, that'll always be fun. <laughs> that was uh, fun. for you. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So how did? So how how long were you in the hospital for then? And then how soon after did you start? Yeah, treatment? everything was so fast. So um, I was only in the hospital for a few days. Um, it was very fast, um, but I was responding really well. Um, everything on my motor, even though after having a stroke and having a seizure and having brain surgery, all my motor skills were fine. And so you did in fact have a stroke I did. with that seizure. Yeah. Okay. And, um, the stroke was actually on the left side of my brain. And so, you know, which was where the tumor was. And so it would be my right side that was affected and it was a little bit, but not really even noticeable. It was only noticeable when they were doing tests to see if I was weaker <laughs> on my right side or anything like that. But um, I couldn't write. I had. A, yeah. I don't know if you remember. I had to sign some papers yes. for you, and my writing was horrible. Like it's just so crooked. That's and... Such a bad. I'm such a bad friend. No, you're not. No, because I was like, Who hey, knew? can you just come over and sign this? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then it was like, wait, I'm doing what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Like, no, I so bad. I, it's, I mean, it's all new to me too. And, and, you know, and some things you don't even know until you go to do them and you're yeah. just like, oh, wow, I, I can't sign a straight line. I can't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't write for a long time, but, um, you know, but I passed all the tests to get out of the hospital, which I didn't want to stay in the hospital anyway. Yeah. So that was great. I, I heal better at home. And coming home and having everybody there, my my yeah. entire my kids and my grandson, and um, that's where I had my peace. You yeah. know what I mean? Was just having them all there and their support. Um, they were obviously very worried. Um, it had been a long week for them, yeah, a long few days. But well, I remember even um, one of your other daughters who, like, for the longest time probably for like six months even like she was very mom what are you doing mom this mom that mom you know I'd come over to visit I'm like I'll only be here for a few minutes and then after a little bit she or your husband would be like okay that's enough to go it's time she's had too much stimulation (laughs) and um so it was really cool though to see your kids and how they they re- it wasn't just oh mom's not feeling good or oh yeah mom had surgery so we need to leave her alone they were very attentive i feel like to you yeah they were like overly <laughs> over yeah but Sometimes. i mean you know like walking down a hall they would i wasn't allowed to go anywhere by myself you yeah. know even though even if i was feeling fine 
Um, and maybe I was walking crooked, <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember. I was trying to be normal, but I'm sure I was not. But, you know, um, and even sitting on the couch, they would just come sit right by me. And um, really none of them, I have six girls, and none of them actually would leave my side. And, and of course, Rob. You yeah. know, he, he never, he has not, he still hasn't left my side. Yeah. He still texts me. And if I don't text him back immediately, <laughs> am I getting worried? Am I supposed to call somebody, you know? And it's, it's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And so, yeah, I remember, um, I had texted him one day and said, Hey, I would love to come visit, <laughs> uh, Jen. And I think you were still, it was, you were in the hospital and I didn't know about the, that they were still having COVID rules. Oh yeah. And, um, and he was like, I'm not leaving, so you can't come. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I'm not saying I want you to leave. And I said, oh, are there, you know, like, oh, they have only so many people allowed. And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, no worries then. You know, like, I'm not going to be like, no, you have to leave. I want to go. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't leave. Once he got here from Texas, he, yeah. he didn't leave again. But no, um, he's such a good guy. He is a very very good guy yeah he, I, he he was sent into my life he's a blessing so yeah yeah he he's amazing with how he's um like the things that I saw you know him taking on like getting everyone where they needed to go on time and um and things like that it was just I mean it was a terrible situation but it was really awesome to see how your kids and your husband really made everything work. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Rob just kept telling me, he's like, I was made for this. You know, because I was, you know, I was like, I didn't want to be a burden to him. I know. You know, and I didn't want to, he's already busy. He's already yeah. does a lot, you know, and I didn't want to put more on him. But I was a lot, you know, and everything, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, but everything was happening very fast. And there was a lot of different places I had to be, but I still had six kids, you know, mm -hmm. and a grandson that, you know, and, um, you know, and Rob at this time was also recovering from major shoulder surgery. Right. And, you know, and, um, which in a way though was a blessing because blessing. he was, didn't have to go to work because of that. So yeah. he was able to truly be by your side for almost for the, the entire, entire time. time. Yep. Yep. You needed him. He was, um, you know, he was getting ready to start going back to work just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he's an equine veterinarian. And so, you know, jumping in right after shoulder surgery wasn't really an option. You know, he wasn't going to be able to do too much. And so it was a blessing. You know, it wasn't like he had to make a whole bunch of arrangements and cancel a whole bunch of stuff. Um, at the time, he was just able just to take care of his family. But yeah. It was a lot, and you know, and and in that, I saw some of my weaknesses too, as far as allowing other people to come in and help, <laughs> was really hard for me to do because I was like, oh, Rob can handle it. Rob can do it. Rob's, <laughs> you know, and 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 he was doing it. He was taking he it was. all on. But there did come a point when I was like, oh my gosh, you have way too much mm -hmm. on your plate. This is too much, and we had to let people in and so here comes Tessa <laughs> Tessa's a little um like overbearing <laughs> no not overbearing motherly very but yeah but and and forceful isn't even the right word for it 
<laughs> forceful, it, forceful might be the right word because I did have to be a little forceful with yeah, Rob. <laughs> yes, and to you know because it was like you knew that we needed the help, mm-hmm. but we were too. I don't know what the right word well, is. Well, you guys, I mean, <laughs> I think when you are when you are so self sufficient for so long, you know, and you do, you have kids yeah. who can help, you know, who are old enough to help do all these things. So you don't really feel like you need help. And when you've never had to ask for help, you know, and I don't know about your previous, you know, earlier years in marriage or if you had to ever had anything else happen. But if you didn't, I mean, this, this is a huge thing. And then to, you know, you're already feeling like you're a burden to your family and your husband. How do you ask for help or accept help you know that's hard that's hard and I just remember though one time saying like can we bring dinner and Rob's like I got it I got it and the kids were just kind of like in the background going yes yes you know because they're like we're tired of eating out or mac and cheese or whatever it was and I'm like we're gonna start dinners for you guys this is something that we can help yeah where we're not too um overbearing and involved in your purse, you know, in your space. And, um, and, and, you know, as friends, we, we want to help, you know, I mean, you know, because you're a giver too, (laughs) you are very good at, at service and helping others. And sometimes we have to, and it's hard, but we have to allow people to serve us too. Yeah. That was probably hard as hard as it gets for me. But, and you know how it is, you know, it's like, and, and I'm the same way, but something happens to somebody and you want to jump in and help, mm-hmm. you know, and we did have a lot of people that wanted to jump in and help to where I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And, yep. and it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to see anybody or I didn't like anybody. It was just like, we, we'll just take care of it because there's yeah. just so much going on right now and but I needed somebody to come in and just take over and be like I, I can see that these are your needs yeah you know and that was good for us you know <laughs> even though I do get overwhelmed by that kind of stuff it was good for us and it was exactly what we needed having meals come in um, nobody brings a meal for just one night. Everybody brings like enough to feed you for at least a couple nights. <laughs> and so we had meals coming in, what, every other day, yeah. I think is what it was. At first, yeah, it was every other day. And it was plenty. Like we had plenty of yeah. food. We had, to, we had to slow it down. We had to be, <laughs> we still had to slow it down even just doing every other day. Yeah. But, you know, it took a huge huge weight off Rob's shoulders, yep. which took a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. You know so what I mean? Even just a small thing. I yeah. mean, and it can be hard to ask for, but, but now you, I mean, I'm glad that now you can see like how it did help. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you guys are very loved and you know, not that other people aren't loved too, but like you could see like how concerned people around here were for you. Um, just, I mean, we had enough, people sign up for meals for like eight months, (laughs) you know? So, and that was, Rob was like, well, we're not going to need it that long. And we're like, well, let's just keep it just in case, you know? And we did, there were times where we called people and said, Hey, look, they don't need dinner tonight or tomorrow. And, you know, and people were like, okay, just put me down for, you know, the next time or, or whatever. So, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I you know, I felt like I healed pretty quickly and um in my mind, it was quickly because I was laying on the couch sleeping most of it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure to everybody else around me, it was like, this is forever. But, um, you know, I was able to kind of get up and start cooking. Or I, I was started doing things and I felt guilty having people bring in meals to me because I'm like, I should be able to do this and handle this. But the truth is, is right at first... I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, it was too much. And so still having those meals come in for a little while was great. And Rob just kept saying, let's just give it till next week and then we'll see, <laughs> you know, how you're doing. Eventually, you know, I did get to the point where I was able just to, you know, I'm fine. You know, I I can, you know, yeah. cook for the family or yeah. whatever and, and start taking more of an active role in taking care of the family. But then there would be setbacks, you know, yeah. and... You know, luckily, people like you were on top of it, and let's get those meals coming back in again, and, you know. Uh, and... Well, I'm a, you know, what I think, I think earlier I had said in one of my, one of my other interviews that, like, I've, I've come to realize, like, that, yes, I can be too much, uh, but, like, I, I just, I get too involved with my friends, and I, so I, I love too hard, and so I feel like, I have to take care of you. Like, even though you have a husband and you have all these kids and you have plenty of other friends, I just, every time there was a little bit of a setback, it really made a huge impact on me. And I was like, I have like, okay, what do they need now? Like, I'll take the girls wherever they need to go. You know, I'll do the grocery shopping, like whatever it is. But you know, Rob was always like, no, we got it. We're okay. I mean, sometimes we just had to drop food off. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, there's food at the door. And I can't tell you how many times that I would get a text, hey, there's something at your door. And it, you know, I mean, we even had somebody drop off a pinata. It was Cinco de Mayo. And they were like, we just feel like your family needs some fun. You know, I mean, just, I mean, well, how do people think of this? You that know, I was so like, cool. This is amazing, and um, you know, but I there were just tons of stuff dropped off at our door. There were youth groups that came in and mm-hmm. hearted our door. We had so many hearts on our door I that I, no more could fit. They had they were putting them on the wall, and I had some blowing on. into my yard. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this must have been for Jen. I'll go take it and put it back on her door. <laughs> we had this is just a little funny story, but there were some neighbors that I don't know that were just on a walk. And they saw all the hearts on the door and thought something must be going on. And so they went home and had their little kids write messages of hope on these little hearts. And they put them on the door. And and I saw my ring, these people that I didn't know, you know. And um, I can't even remember how it was that I tracked down who it was. Still don't know them, but I was able to send them a message on Facebook and just said, hey, you know, that was really sweet. She goes, well, we didn't know what was going on, but we knew something was. And so she got to teach her kids how to serve somebody, you know, and they were young, you know, but how sweet is that? That is awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) And I know that there were people in the neighborhood too, or just even um, on the street who, um, might you might not have known very well but that had dropped off food because they were you know it was like Christmas every time I went to the door there was something (laughs) else there but somebody Troy maybe had made this sign that said what did it say it said it said 
<laughs> brain at rest. Do yeah. not ring doorbell. Yeah. Because yeah. well, Rob, so your husband was like, so people just keep ringing the doorbell. And sometimes they just ring the doorbell and they leave because they've left something on the door, yes. you know, for us. Amazon. And, yes. UPS. Everything. But because you were still healing, like that stimulation was not good for you. And so we did, my husband made a sign that says, <laughs> that said, um, ring the door, Jen's brain at rest. Don't ring the doorbell. Like go away. Pretty it much. It was very direct. <laughs> yeah. It was like, don't ring the doorbell. Jen's brain is at rest. Okay. <laughs> when I started feeling better and people were like, I saw your sign. I just left something. I was like, we got to get rid of that sign because <laughs> I am fine to visit with people and find it. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Rob left it out there for quite a while, yeah. which was good though, because it, it did. You I ne- did need to rest. You needed that rest. Yeah. yeah. Cause even like you said, so many people wanted to come visit, but at the beginning visitors wasn't really the best thing for you, even though it was something you really love. <laughs> it is. But you really, your brain had to rest. Well, and you came over and you saw me a couple times and, and I didn't look well. No. You know, so I couldn't handle a lot of conversations and a lot of mm-hmm. visiting. And <laughs> Rob, he's good at this. I would be horrible at this. I'd be like, oh, no, they can stay there. Fine. But oh, he yeah. was very good at being like, your five minutes is up. It's like, time to go. Like literally five minutes. I mean, there was one time where, yeah, he was like, you can come in, but you've got five minutes or maybe even 10. And I was like, okay, whatever. And he came back in the room. He's like, uh, your time's up. <laughs> And I was like, what are you talking about? But, and then he explained it to me, though. Yeah. He said, like, the stimulation for her is not good. She literally has to rest yeah. and not have, like, conversation and all these, this thinking going on. Um, her brain needs to heal. And I was like, oh. Yeah. You know, so when he said that, and then he was like, people keep ringing the doorbell. They keep coming over. And so I went home and told Troy, and he's like, I'm making her a sign. We're yeah. going to make sure that she is okay. <laughs> well, it was funny because, I mean, like I said, Rob is very protective of me. He always yep. has been. Yeah. And, you know, but he was limiting everybody. And, mm-hmm. no, nope, it's not a good day to come visit or whatever. You know, and my parents, you know, of course, they want to be there 24-7. You know, yeah. they want to come over all the time. And, and he, you know, he'd be like, time limits, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, Rob... <laughs> Like, my, my parents, mom. my parents have an exception to the rule. And he was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, you're you're right. You know, I mean, his he was in go mode. He was in protective mode. He was, you know, he wasn't concerned about other people's feelings no. or what they needed. You know, he was. It was all about Jen and what she needs at no, the time. No, but you know what, what? What I thought was great, and maybe maybe it was different for Rob and you, I because just from what I saw and I wouldn't obviously see everything cause I wasn't like sitting at the door. <laughs> Although I had told Rob, I'll sit at the door if you want. And when they come, I'll be like, go away. <laughs> well, you're my next door neighbor. You have a direct view yes. into <laughs> who's, who's driving up. Who's, I better go tell them. No, but I think, I think because of how people know you and they know who you are and I mean, I think there was a lot of respect, though. Like, I don't think that sign even <laughs> that we made, I don't think that hurt anyone's feelings. Oh, no. I think they totally got it yeah. and understood, like, okay, you know, yeah. we, we need to back away a little. And People were super good because they were still helpful. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, um, 
they didn't need to come in and and yeah. look at me and that was really hard on me at the time is like I don't I don't like people to see me cry I don't like people to see me anything but in go mode you know in happy yeah. mode and and I am I'm a pretty dang happy person you yeah know? you are and so <laughs> to have people see me in a in a vulnerable or you know down state that was really hard on me you know and yeah. Rob even started arranging for friends to come over at like lunchtime when he had to go back to work mm-hmm. I wasn't able to drive and. So I was at home, you know, by myself, and he was arranging for people to come over and just do lunch with me, you know, and sit. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me. And I know that sounds funny because I love to go to lunch with people. I love to hang out with, you know, but, you know, having people come over and have to serve me, <laughs> it was really hard for me to have to have that. And yeah. in, even though that sounds like a dream to have your friends come over and have lunch yeah. with you every day, how great is that? <laughs> You know, and right now I feel great and, you know, yeah, let's do that. You know, but at the time it was, it was really hard. It was really hard. Yeah. But you know what? That That's the great thing about um, close friends and good friends is that, you know, we don't care. I mean, we care about you. We don't care if you're not at your best. You know, we just want to be there for you. And make sure that you're okay. Because I remember there was something about one Sunday and they were all going to be gone. So I came and sat with you for a little while until another friend came and sat with you. And then I left. And um, But it was, for me, that it was fun. Like, because I felt like, okay, good. I, I get some time with her where Rob's not like, you got to leave, you got to leave, you got to leave. <laughs> you know, it was, I was able to just sit and just chat with you if you, you know, wanted to chat or, I mean, I'm sure people just sat there sometimes with you just because they needed to be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I even had a friend from high school that I hadn't really even seen since I think my wedding day and she just happened to be in town Mm -hmm. and I think she's the one that replaced me. Like I left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause Rob had taken the girls to church Uh and, um, she came and, you know, just sat there. I haven't, I couldn't tell you to this day what we talked about or what was said. I hope I didn't say anything stupid, but (laughs) you know, but she was there. And again, that was a, you know, something, a weight lifted off Rob's shoulders, you know, because he was, I wanted him to go to church with the kids. Yeah. You know, I wanted him to be there with them. They still have to do their routine. I their, needed them yeah. to have their routine and I needed them to see that everything was going to be okay and, you know, just bring a little bit of peace and comfort to their lives. And the only way to do that was to keep them on their schedule and yeah. not have it be all about worrying about mom because I was afraid that would put the mom might die tomorrow, mom might die tomorrow, yeah. which was very real. But I didn't want them to have to worry about that all the time, yeah. you know, and so. So did you guys keep the kids, like, you didn't keep anything from them? Like, no. they knew from day one, like, anything can happen. So. They they knew that it was very serious. Okay. Um, I don't, we didn't bring up the death word a lot. Mm-hmm. And we still don't, you know, because yeah. we, nobody likes to think that, no. you know, but. You know, that it was, it's a very real thing. And, um, I was very close to death. You know, I have been a couple times and, um, the kids have seen that and I'm sure that they have felt that a little bit. What we didn't keep from them was the seriousness of what was going on. They knew that it was very serious and that we just wanted a lot of time together as a family, you know, and, 
And, you know, and it's funny how you just all of a sudden want to teach your kids everything that you think that they're going to need to know for the rest of their lives when you don't know what the future holds, you know, and everything's looking great now, but I still have that need to make sure that the kids know everything and that, you know, that they know I love them and that, you know, um, you know, and how important that they have been to me through this whole process, because really my family has been instrumental and getting me to where I'm at now mm-hmm. and keeping me grow- going. And, and I had mentioned this in a blog that I wrote that my family provided the distraction that I needed when I, at the times that I needed it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that sounds funny, but just having them around and having something else to concentrate on besides me concentrating on me and not feeling well and stuff like that just helped keep me going. Yeah. Help me have that desire to keep going. And, you know, and I know that, um, Especially at first when all this happened, everything was moving so fast, you yeah. know, and I had a lot of treatments to go to and stuff like that. And it was very overwhelming. Yeah. I, overwhelming. I think it's good, though, to keep the kids involved and informed because um, that way there's nothing like there's no surprises. Yeah. You know, so if 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 worst case scenario did happen, they're not like, wait, I thought you met, said, you know, yeah. um, I think it's really important even for younger kids to, to, you know, be involved and know so that, um, if something were to happen, they're not really ready, but they're more ready than they would have been, you know? So plus, you know, maybe they behaved a little bit better. (laughs) Maybe, maybe (laughs) I'll tell you that the one thing that is awesome is that they feel like they were part of my healing and Mm -hmm. they were. Yeah. But I wanted them to know that, you know, and that's so awesome. And keeping them informed. And I know that, you know, Alyssa and Kylie and Haley especially, you know, when people wanted updates and stuff, they liked to give the updates because yes. they knew everything that was going on and they could they could give you minute by minute updates. And if anybody got anything wrong, they were going to correct them and make sure that it was right. But it was important for them to be able to have that role. And, you know, I didn't realize that at first because I know one time when Rob texted me and said, you know, this, here's an update. And then I sent out an update to some people to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is, you know, and, um, and it was like, Hey, next time, let the girls. Oh, and I was like, Oh, what? Like, okay, that's, interesting like you know it didn't hurt my feelings but I was like why didn't I think of that like why was that not on my mind you know but and so then because you were trying to take care of everything I know I know know. which is not a bad thing I'm a a doer I'm a I have to take care of this but um so it was neat to see like at church and stuff I'd say hey would you give an update on your mom? And I mean, the glow that these girls would have when they could talk about you and how well you were doing was, um, I could, then I learned like, this is why it was really important for them to be able to give the updates. Like they needed to be the ones to say, my mom is doing great right now. You know? Yeah. And just to have that pride of, you know, I can tell you, because the girls know that everybody loves you so much and that we were all worried. Right. And so for them right. to be able to give the good news yeah, was, I think, yeah. really important for their healing, too. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. And, and, you know, we just tried to make sure that 
you know, just as much as Rob said, hey, I am in this with you. We are doing this together. We also made sure that the kids were in this. And, you know, where they weren't able to go to all the appointments, they weren't able to go to all the treatments and stuff like that. They were very informed on everything that was mm-hmm. going on, you know, and we had a lot of family discussions and and stuff like that. There, There's nothing that they don't know. And in fact, I had a little setback just a few weeks ago where I had to go to the hospital again. Yeah, I was actually out shopping at the mall and with with my four younger girls, younger being 18 down to 12. If anybody knows me, I hate shopping. So this is probably what the problem was in the first place, was being out shopping. But It triggered you. <laughs> it triggered me. But I started having the same symptoms that I did when they discovered that I had a bleeding tumor in my brain. and That's I, so scary. Yeah, I just I should have known because my doctor's office was calling me, and I was like, I can't answer my stupid phone. My phone's not working. And all of a sudden, Alyssa started following me around, you know, because she knew. She recognized that same sign. But, um, you know, called Rob, you know, and was like, hey, mom's, <laughs> she's not able to complete sentences again, you know, and all this is happening, you know, and he's like, I will meet you at the hospital, go take her straight to the hospital. Alyssa got me to the hospital before Rob, um, and she was able to check me in and give them all the information that they needed. There wasn't anything that she didn't know. She was able to give them all that information and... Um, you know, and so that was important and it was important for her to be able to do that, but it was important for me, for her to be able to do that too, because there's a lot of things that they would have done that didn't need to be done, you know, at the hospital, a lot of tests or a lot of, she hadn't been able to, to tell and tell them what was going on. And they were able to pull up my file and I'm sure they were overwhelmed looking at, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) there's a lot to read through to figure out what's going on with this lady. But, um, you know, but she was able to narrow down <clears throat> for them where they needed to start looking. So, mm-hmm. did these setbacks? Did any of them, like, besides obviously being physically hard? I mean, was it mentally hard? Was it? Uh, did it bring you down at all? Or you know, were you able to be like, this is going to be okay? I was pretty good at being <clears throat> at peace with everything. Good. I will tell you one thing that was is kind of funny, but um, so at the beginning, everything happens fast. You know, you get in for surgery immediately, you know, you go home, but that's, that's just the beginning, you know, then you got to go see your oncologist. You know, we were there, what, like two days after, you know, at the oncologist and he's making a plan for me and my treatments that need to start immediately. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, the first, the first thing was radiation. You know, that was the first thing that we needed to do. We needed to go and radiate the actual site where the tumor was. And, um, and for some reason, the radiation was very hard on me. Um, the first, like, two treatments were fine, but after that I started getting headaches and um, started being weak and... Um, and I ended up back in the hospital again um, with the severe headache that they kept saying migraine. And I'd never really, I'm not one that gets migraines. So I was like, okay, sure, it's a migraine. And yeah, this is horrible. This really stinks. And, um, but medicines, nothing was helping. And so day two of this, this horrible headache that was keeping me on my knees, um, we took me into the hospital and... Um, my brain had had swelled mm-hmm. quite a bit. In fact, my brain had moved to the left eight millimeters, 
And um, my neurosurgeon came in, and, and I had to be in intensive care for a few days. They put me on heavy steroids and stuff like that, which steroids, unfortunately, cause a lot of um, side effects of their own. And, and I started having a hard time walking and, and all this. And so I wasn't saying my prayers, which is very abnormal for me, but I wasn't able to get down on my knees. But I would see Rob saying his prayers every single night. He just, and he was there for long periods of time. <laughs> I know what he was praying for. Mm-hmm. And that, that brings me to tears thinking about that too. But You know, and I just told him, I'm like, I am so thankful that you are doing so good at your prayers and stuff because I'm just not able to right now. And he just stared at me and he was like, you got to say your prayers. Don't stop praying. You know, like you can't kneel. You just got to this desperation. You know, my brain was not right. Okay. You know, and and my thinking was, I can't get on my knees. I can't say prayers. Well, I know better than that. Yeah. (laughs) But, but if that's how you, you, you were able to, to, that's what you were processing at the time. So, you know. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I was drawing all my strength off him, mm-hmm. you know, but that was a turning. That was a big turning point in how I viewed everything that was going on is mm-hmm. I started saying my prayers. And yes, I was sitting down or I was laying down or whatever, but I was saying my prayers every single night. And that's when I started on my spiritual journey as well as my healing physically journey. So That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then um, we are going to get back into this. (laughs) This week's episode is sponsored by Get Out Pass. Get Out Pass is a family fun pass available in 21 states. So check out getoutpass.com to see what's available in your area. There are so many fun things to do like bowling, laser tag, and more. Use my code TESTTALKS for up to $55 off each pass. That is over half off. Give the gift of experiences to your family this year with Get Out Pass. Thank you so much for joining us today on Test Talks. Jen and I will continue our conversation next week, so please tune in to hear the rest of her story. This week, I encourage you to contact your family and friends. Maybe someone's going through a trial you don't know about, Or maybe you do know and they just need some uplifting encouragement. So reach out, say hi, see if there's anything you can do for them. And if you're going through a trial and you need help, don't be afraid to ask. Reach out to one of your friends and maybe they can just chat with you and it'll make you feel better. Remember to love hard, live full, laugh often, and I'll see you next week. Do 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 do